So when uh, we were kids, we grew up on a farm, myself and my brother, and we had uh, two good friends who would come and visit us regularly on the weekends uh, from just a, a couple of fields across the road, actually. And when I ended up becoming a priest in my community, Father Nile Reardon. Uh, but we used to get up to all sorts of mischief on the farm, as you can imagine. And for some reason, our parents kind of trusted us. Uh, so I don't know why. <laughs> but there was just one area of relatively young evergreen trees. They'd have been about maybe, I don't know, hard to remember now, I think about 15, 16 years old at the time. So they would have been uh, maybe 15 feet high. At least that's my memory. I was about yay high at the time, so that they, they, I think they were about 15 feet high. So we were warned not to go there, you know, because the, the trees were still young, so we shouldn't be climbing them. But we did. Uh, the reason we did was because when you could climb to the top of a young tree like that, you can, you can kind of swing on the top of it, you know? So we climbed to, I would try, we'd try and, obviously there's, 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 a, like, there's a risk and a payoff. Like, the higher you go, the thinner the branch gets, the thinner the branch gets, the more it swings. But the thinner the branch gets, the, more, the greater the chance it'll snap. So we climbed to the top of the trees, and myself, my brother, and the two lads, and we would just go, woo, and just kind of swing everywhere all around, you know what I mean? And then you treating, treating it like a, we trying to see who would get the, the biggest bend out of it, you know? So anyway, so I got a bit of momentum up, and, uh, and I swung back, and I swung forward, and I swung back, and then I just heard, snap. And the branch came off in my hands, snapped off, and I fell down head first through the tree, and then my knees caught in a branch, just before I hit the ground. My head like dangling that far from the ground like. And um, it's just one of those experiences. There were many in my childhood like that, but it was just one of those experiences where you know, the wisdom of my parents was proven yet again. Uh, where I was asked not to do something for my good, and in doing it, I almost died, right? So it's like, and this is, see, this is the perspective of God in so many things, in that what he asks us to do is for our good. What he asks us to avoid is for our good. He asks us to avoid things because he knows they will harm us. And, and we, we struggle with that. We really do, because basically, I think fundamentally, we believe that our plan for our happiness is better. Ultimately, that's it. I just, God has a plan for our happiness. That's nice. I'm sure it's wonderful. It involves crocheting and calligraphy and you know reading and lots of fun things like that and this is my plan for my happiness which involves adventure and risk and discovery and um, you know near-death experiences uh, so and, and my plan well I prefer it it's more interesting and it's my choice so I feel more free in doing what I want to do and we forget that see, God's plan for our lives is a plan for our happiness. It's just God's plan for our, for our lives ultimately is the maximum of our happiness. God's plan for our lives is the maximum of our happiness. Like it's, just, it's, it's chronic, if you will, that like God has to spell it out so much <clears throat> in Deuteronomy in our reading today. When he says to you, I set before you life or death, blessing or curse. Now, again, the things should be fairly obvious and straightforward by now, but just in case they weren't, the Lord adds, choose life, <laughs> right? Choose life, therefore, so that you and your descendants may live. And in, in God's mind, like, it's, it's as obvious as having a fridge full of food and out in the garage having a wardrobe full of weed killer and Roundup and whatever else is used these days, slug pellets, 
okay? And God is saying, well, go eat, be happy, satisfy yourselves. And we're thinking, should I go to the garage for the weed killer? Oh, I don't know, should I? Why would you? You've got a fridge full of food. Why would you go and do something that risks your life? Why would you do that? Uh, and yet, is that not what happens so often? Even, even within me, every time I choose to do something that I know isn't God's will, it's just, it's my will. I think it's better. I think this will make me happy. I don't really care what he wants. I don't care. It'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? And so we make these kind of, these compromises, or maybe we make compromise, but looking at all of the good things that we do. You know what I mean? So, um, someone who struggles with some sort of an addiction, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, if it's alcohol or spending or shopping or, or pornography, whatever it is. And they say, well, at, le- at least I'm not doing X, Y, at least I'm not killing people. At least I'm not, at least I'm not invading Ukraine. At least I'm not, at least I'm not uh, uh, dealing drugs. So we look at the bad things we do and say, well, it could be worse. I could be doing worse. So at least I'm better than those people. So I'm not that bad. It's fine. Forgetting that our calling was never not to be as bad as others, but our calling is to be holy as God the Father is holy, to be perfect as God is perfect. That's our, that's our standard. That's our bar. Not, not just to be as bad as others, but to be everything we can be. But it's just much easier for us to look at our lives and look at our, our pleasures and our desires and our passions and kind of try to work out how many of those can I satisfy without falling into kind of very serious sin or if I fall into serious sin is it really that bad do you know is it can we not just have like a little sin in our lives and still kind of get on with things you know so we can have this kind of uh, we call it like happiness or joy or like satisfaction of our passions have a little bit of that and sure what's the problem really if no one's getting hurt and then this, this, this compromise sits in. And, and the Lord is calling us like to, a, to a, a radical change. I said before, you life and death. Because the more this compromise we, we let in, we're letting poison into our lives. Absolute poison. And I mean, I, I've seen this recently in, in, in a couple of fairly tragic situations. I mentioned this before, I think, within marriage, where because people went into marriage having maybe viewed too much pornography, their expectation of marriage uh, was very, very skewed and led to all sorts of problems afterwards. But when you're watching porn, what's the problem? No one's getting hurt. But it does, it does affect, it does affect you. It does affect marriage. It does affect how we see people, how we see ourselves, how we see God. So these things, there are, there are consequences. But God is setting before us life and death, life, life to the full and death so choose life that you and it's not just about you that you and your descendants may live so the, the consequences of me choosing life are that hopefully those entrusted to me since I'm a priest or your children if you're a parent that they too will choose life in their turn so it's not just about us we, we have a job we have a role in handing on the faith witnessing to it to the next generation so when I choose life in all the hidden ways also, it's not just the exterior things, in all the hidden challenges and fights and struggles, when I choose life, this brings grace to me, but also to those entrusted to me. So this season of, of Lent, it's about, it's a bit of a shake-up. 
to try and reorder our, our priorities. Is God in the first place? Honestly, is he in the first place? And then is everything ordered after that, always towards that maximum good, that greatest good, heaven? Or have I, have I compromised? Are there places in my life where I've settled for a certain amount of sin? And sure, look, it could be worse, I suppose, could it? Or am I saying, look, Lord, I want to, I want to choose life in everything. I want life and life to the full. This is a, a time of grace. Lent is a, is a time of great grace, the grace of conversion, the grace of healing of our hearts. So let's draw on that grace in this season that we might come to know the Lord and to sing with our psalmist, happy the man who has placed his trust in the Lord.